Welcome to DigFin Vox, the podcast brought to you by Digital Finance Media. DigFin is an online media platform covering the people and organizations using technology to transform financial services. Digital currencies like blockchain have been plagued by fraud and unsavory associations with shadowy buyers looking to purchase illicit products in anonymous transactions. Today, I have the pleasure once again of speaking with James DiBiazio, editor at Digital Finance Media, about OpenANX, a new initiative that seeks to help digital currencies shed their dodgy, wild west origins and become acceptable to institutional investors. And in doing so, it could facilitate the willingness of financial institutions to embrace blockchain. Thanks for joining us today, James. You wrote a story about a nonprofit foundation for blockchain that's pretty geeky. What's this have to do with financial institutions? Yeah, well, uh, thanks, Dave. Uh, it's true that blockchain and digital currencies like Bitcoin or Ether, they're, they're weird. They're, they're very scary to people in the traditional uh, banking and investments world. Um, and it's also true that while many big financial institutions are trying to develop blockchain uh, use cases, these are still very much at their infancy, and it sometimes seems that these initiatives are more about creating almost like a, a centralized version of digital currency or distributed ledgers, uh, which, which these guys can, can sort of control, which really goes against the whole uh, ethos and concept of the decentralized nature of blockchain. So it's almost like, well, why, why are we bothering if you don't believe in them? Um, but the answer is that digital currencies can still become an important asset class over time if they become more liquid, more stable, and most importantly, if, they be, if investors believe that they're going to be safe, they're not going to suffer fraud and theft. Uh, so I've written one story at Digital Finance Media about a particular initiative that's trying to enable these kinds of improvements. And if it's successful, uh, and I'm sure there'll be others like it, uh, more professional investors will view cryptocurrencies as a viable alternative asset class. What does that mean, make cryptocurrencies an alternative asset class? Besides Bitcoin, nuts, and criminals, who would, who would invest in these? Well, hedge funds, uh, if they could uh, get these cryptocurrencies in sufficient liquidity, uh, perhaps uh, family offices, anyone trying to generate outsized returns. In general, in the hedge fund world, uh, risk-adjusted returns have been uh, terrible for the past decade. Uh, that's especially true when you add in uh, the fees that they charge. They can, you know, the, in the hedge funds are generally are underperforming benchmark indices. It's, it's harder and harder to find those that can outperform beyond short-term cycles. So this is one reason why a lot of money is going into passive investments in ETFs, not just by retail people, but by institutions too. So it's, you know, it's just hard now to generate alpha in the, in the world we're in right now. Uh, but compare that to the person who bought $100 worth of Bitcoins when the currency first emerged in 2009, uh, that $100 would be worth $300,000 today. So the guys behind OpenANX, that's the foundation that I wrote about, they liken digital assets today to the FX markets in the early 1990s. Um, the, the, the people at ANX have FX and other backgrounds. Uh, they've worked at banks like HSBC. They've seen the foreign exchange trading grow from just a, a, um, a fairly rudimentary tool for facilitating cross-border trade, exports and imports, into becoming a major hedging tool, into becoming a major retail and institutional asset class. 
Uh, and so most investments in FX today might still be based on trading an underlying instrument like a stock or a bond. Uh, there's also bespoke FX traders. There's a whole ecosystem and a whole industry. And that's now a $4 trillion daily turnover market. A lot of potential there. But what has to happen for any of this to come true for cryptocurrencies? Uh, a lot. Um, starting with that uh, investors need to have the confidence that they will not get ripped off. There have been big cases of fraud. Uh, in fact, there's just another one I read about a week ago. Uh, and when someone steals your Bitcoins, they're almost impossible to trace or recover. So uh, what's this initiative OpenANX supposed to do about that? Well, directly nothing. In simple terms, it's a foundation. It's a system of governance. Uh, and a new set of technologies that would allow people to trade across different blockchains, across different cryptocurrencies, as well as across different fiat currencies. Uh, and these guys, it's what they call a decentralized blockchain. Now, I thought that blockchain was by definition decentralized. Well, the process of mining and validating new blocks on the chain is decentralized across all the nodes or the computers that participate on the blockchain. But that doesn't include how you trade Bitcoins or how you settle those trades. And from the start, this has been done by adding a centralized exchange somewhere in the middle to do this. And the creators of these exchanges have nothing to do with the software behind Bitcoin or how Bitcoins are created. These exchanges serve a similar role as a stock exchange. You pay them a fee to facilitate trade, and they also have to ensure settlement. And the only way to do this is for the exchanges to keep a certain amount of your Bitcoins in escrow. So they have instant liquidity whenever someone wants to turn their Bitcoins back into dollars. But when you've got a centralized place that is holding on to a lot of Bitcoins, it becomes an inviting target for hackers and thieves. And so criminals found ways to get around exchanges security measures and stole customers' Bitcoins, and the bad guys have gotten away with it. Wow. So how does uh, OpenANX make this less likely? How do you uh, stop that kind of fraud? By making the market more efficient, uh, more professional, more like how traditional assets are traded by institutional investors. The OpenANX Foundation's goal is to link various centralized exchanges in a way that eliminates the need for these exchanges to hold onto altcoins for settlement. Instead, users would have to host collateral, and over time, a credit scoring system could emerge that judges how good you are as a counterparty. And so your collateral is what enables you to trade rather than having to put your faith in some random guy's Bitcoin exchange. And joining up liquidity like this will also introduce more stability It'll allow people to value a trade based on counterparty credit as much as on the market price, which is how professional bond and currency markets operate today. It's a uh, simple and elegant solution. So I guess I have to ask why uh, you think it hasn't happened already. Um, I think there's probably three <clears throat> connected reasons uh, why that hasn't happened. And also, this, the, and these will be the challenges that OpenANX and, and other attempts at decentralized blockchain will, will face for a while. And that's regulation, technology, and business models. So the first one's regulation. Uh, we're talking about enabling Bitcoin exchanges in different countries to enable trading among their networks. And although we, a lot of people like to think of Bitcoin as freeing them from government interference, and you know, you know, this sort of this libertarian uh, attitude toward trading uh, something that nobody can take away from you. It's, it's not exactly true accurate. You don't operate in a vacuum. Uh, regulation around owning and trading Bitcoin and consumer protection, it's nascent, it's underdeveloped, but that's not to say that it doesn't exist. Uh, Cross-trading 
uh, cross-network trading will require adapting to different sets of regulation and ideally getting regulator support. Regulation will also affect the credit rating of a given exchange or gateway, and investors will get better pricing from trading on exchanges based in friendlier jurisdictions. Um, the second point is the technology itself. Blockchain is still a very young infant technology. There's a lot of development going on to make it work better, to be more flexible. Uh, there's development teams out there working on ways to allow trading and settlement across blockchains, and they call this state channels, technical thing, which I'm not going to pretend I really understand. And uh, this, is, uh, this is brand new stuff, and it's not really been tested. Uh, there's also risks around what happens when you have to hard fork. So you know, there's, I'm not going to go into this today, but you know, blockchains are sometimes subject to, to forks uh, and the, the chain splits and you have to validate which tokens are real and which are no longer real in your chain. Um, so yeah, you know, this sort of event has to somehow be managed so that investors know what's going on and don't get uh, messed up by it. And then the blockchain itself, because it's bilateral in nature, it doesn't allow for things like lending or margining or multi-party transactions. And developers are working on ways to do a lot more trading off the chain and then put the final transaction back on the chain. Uh, so it takes the, uh, the, a lot of the hard work would be removed from the blockchain itself. But, you know, this isn't easy and, and straightforward. Um, so those are some of the technical things that are being addressed now and probably will take some time to really get sorted. And uh, I guess the last one is the business model. So big centralized exchanges for cryptocurrency have uh, arisen and they enjoy a liquidity advantage, uh, which they may not want to give up. Uh, you know, they want to, they want people to trade on their exchange. They do get paid for it. Um, these are businesses, but there's also costs to being an exchange. Uh, there's a lot of risk and operational resources that go into safeguarding customer assets. Uh, and the people at OpenANX, uh, they, themselves come from a centralized Bitcoin exchange called ANX International, which is based in Hong Kong. And one reason they started this open initiative was so they, they could find a way to cut their costs and not have to hold client assets, which they say is a big pain. Uh, and in fact, this, the uh, Coindesk uh, reported that uh, Coinbase recently was, was suffered a hack. And the rise, the sheer volume and interest in cryptocurrencies around the world means that these exchanges are being overwhelmed. There's so many people using them that when they have a crisis, uh, it takes them a long time. They're very slow to respond. They just don't have the resources. It costs, you know, it's money and people. So you add all these things together and uh, you add these things together and it's a long way from theory to practice. Got it. So I work at a bank or another financial institution. Is this, uh, is this at a point where this is something I should care about? I think right now that in some circles, blockchain is either becoming a bit of a joke because no one's made it work very well and the use cases have yet to be made. I think that will change as those use cases start to come out uh, this year, I think. We'll start to see the first ones. Um, but outside of traditional finance, uh, there are people who, who understand financial markets who are continuing to innovate solutions in blockchain and cryptocurrencies. And so... This stuff is going to get better. It's going to become more professional. The market cap of cryptocurrencies already, I think it's now about $90 billion. It's, it's, it's headed toward 100, um, which is starting to be big. The investor base is not just going to be, you know, uh, guys with, uh, with, with uh, hostile views of government and, uh, and, and tech nerds and, and geeks. It's going to become more mainstream. Uh, it'll become more institutional. 
and it's initiatives like Open Annex, which I wrote about, that are part of that process. Um, the, the Open Annex people themselves compared to, to foreign exchange because that's their, their background. But it reminds me of, of ETFs, exchange traded funds. These two also start off as like this bizarre technology that people in the traditional mutual funds world just laughed at. Uh, but nobody's laughing at ETFs now. We'll have to keep a, a close eye on that. Thank you very much for joining me today. Hey, thank you, Dave, and uh, thanks for everybody for listening. If you'd like to learn more about how OpenANX is changing perceptions and adoption of cryptocurrencies in the financial arena, read James' full article online at www.digitalfinancemedia, that's one word, .com. All of the articles at Digital Finance Media are free, but you have to register. Thank you for subscribing to the podcast of Digital Finance Media. I'm guest host, David Swifler. If you enjoyed it, please be sure to give us a good rating and share it on social media so your friends can find it too. This is DigFin Vox.